Hey, what's up, guys? You're now listening to Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 61, and we're going to cover Deuteronomy chapters 3 and 4. So last time we left off, Moses is preaching a sermon to the second generation, and he's giving history based on where they've been. And when we left off last time, he was recounting the conquests that they had conquered throughout their time in the wilderness. And we saw how they were advancing redemptive history forward, but God had to kill off that first generation because of their statement that we didn't want our kids to enter. They'll be prey. And so God makes them eat those words saying, you won't enter, but your children will. And that's where we are today. So something we want to grab from chapter three is to notice what God says here as they're continuing to conquer the land here in the wilderness. In verse 21, it says, I commanded Joshua at that time saying, your eyes have seen all the Lord your God has done to these two kings. So the Lord shall do to all the kingdoms which you are about to cry. I want to stop there, bro. I think conquering those territories in the wilderness was training for Joshua too. God was showing Joshua what type of God he was and what he can do. And that's critical for a young leader's development where you don't have to go off of the word of your leader. You get to see it yourself. For instance, there are certain things in our lives where somebody we honor and respect says he's done and we marvel at it. We're like, wow, man, that's powerful. That's amazing that happened. But it doesn't sit as well until we see it for ourselves. And how gracious is that, man, that God gave Joshua a few victories in the wilderness to show him to trust him even more when you go to conquer the land because you're about to have more, even tougher battles there. But I'm going to train you here in the wilderness. No, yeah, it's amazing to me when, to think about there's a saying that some, not all things can be taught. Some have to be caught. That's good. No, so, I like that. So we learn by experience. And you can see right here. Joshua's gaining things that he can do what? He can reach back and grab. Man. And during these battles, he saw victories, bro. Joshua did. And just like you said, he knows more through what he went through in the wilderness than if he was just told about it. Like you said, yeah. I, I see that in evangelism. Yeah. You could take all the evangelism courses that you want. Nice. You could read all the books that's ever been wrote on evangelism. And when you hit that doorstep or when you confront somebody, the hand starts to shake. Man, you it's like a whole different ball game. Yeah. You're fumbling, you forget the gospel. You're like, right. what am I even <laughs> supposed to be telling these people? But what happens, Theo, when you start doing it more often? You get better and better. Uh, it comes off your tongue like second nature. You're able to counter deep arguments. And it's just that all comes through sparring. I think the text even alludes to that as well. Joshua gets this training. Why? In verse 22, do not fear them for the Lord. Your God is the one fighting for you. Remember your name, Joshua. It's Israel. God fights for you. So don't be afraid. And you've gone through some training. So God is graciously teaching you not to fear too. And it's so good. But then Moses drops this nugget on us. That's pretty cool to Give us a little intimacy. He says, I also pleaded with the Lord at that time saying, oh, Lord, God, you have begun to show your servant, your greatness, your strong hand for what God is there in heaven or on earth. 
who can do such works and mighty acts as yours. Let me, I pray, cross over to see the fair land that is beyond the Jordan, the good hill country of Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, enough, speak to me no more on this matter. And so I think that's pretty cool, bro, that Moses gives us a little intimacy to say, I know I failed the Lord in striking the rock, but I appealed to him and asked him, God, you've given us these victories. Did you have a change of heart? Did you change your mind? Can I enter in with these people? And God says, no, that's final. And I think about it's certain things where God will change his mind with and say, hey, yeah, you've repented. I'll allow you to have this. And it's certain times where he just shuts the door. And this is one of them. And what are you thinking there, bro? Yeah, something that just came to my mind, like us as Christians, I think one of the worst sins that we could do is bring a bad name on the Christ. Mm. I think that, and that's what I feel like Moses did. He's a representative of Yahweh, and he disobeyed in front of the people that were already failing and caused them to go even further in their sin. But I think even us as Christians today can do uh, public egregious sins that God will forgive, but he may never give you your platform back. Nah, that's good. But he still uses you and you're useful. Look at the very next verse, bro. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift up your eyes to the west and the north and south and east and see it with your eyes. Like, Moses, I'm not going to let you enter, but I'm going to give you a glimpse of it. How good he is. He's saying, I'm a good father. I'm going to shut you off from this because of discipline, but I'm going to give you a little peek, Moses. Like, when he showed him his back, I'm your friend. You still get to enter and see blessing, but you won't get to step foot on the land because of your disobedience. And that's a lot of what we see with our sin. Like we commit these sins and it keeps us from certain things in our lives, but we still get to see the goodness of God in our life. And man, that's just really good to just see the nature and character of our God there. But he also tells him, you'll get to see the land, but charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him for he shall go across at the head of this people and he will give them as an inheritance the land which you shall see. He says, so we remain in the valley opposite of Beth Peor and we move into chapter four. And this chapter is potent. So I want to just reach down and grab a few things that Moses is teaching in this sermon for Israel to remember. He says, listen to the statutes and judgments which I am teaching you to perform so that you may live and go and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers is giving you. He says, number one, you shall not add to the word which I am commanding you. Number two, nor shall you take away from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I commanded you. And these are like bookends, bro. The Bible starts with the woman adding or taking away from the word of God. And the Bible ends with a command not to take away from the word of God. And the reason I'm saying it's ending, because this is Moses' last book, Deuteronomy. This is the, the book of his, the bookends of his writing. Eve added, she said, you shall not eat or touch. God didn't say that. And God said, you may freely eat. And she took away freely and said, you may only eat. 
And that was a trick of Satan because now God said you may freely eat, mean I'm gracious, I'm liberal. You can have whatever you want except these. But now with this temptation, that taking the freely away is like, we really ain't got that much. I'm, I need to eat of these trees. You see what I mean? And so this is powerful. Moses is teaching them not to add or take away from the word of God because he did that too. When he struck the rock, God didn't command it. And so he's the beneficiary of this command as well. He can't enter the land because he didn't obey it. He might can preach it with a little more conviction. Absolutely. Pre preach it with major conviction. And also he can preach this as well. Look at what else comes up in verse three. It says, your eyes have seen what the Lord has done in the case of Baal Peor. For all the men who follow Baal Peor, the Lord your God has destroyed them from among you. But you who held fast to the Lord, your God are alive today, every one of you. So imagine hearing those words saying, all your fathers, all your grandfathers, everybody who was in that previous generation, look to your right, look to your left, show me one of them. Nobody could put their hand on somebody from the previous generation. And he's saying, by all P or caused it. This is like 9-11. You remember the slogan from 9-11? Never forget. Why do you never forget? America changed based on that interaction. Our TSA is different. Now we taking belts, shoes off because we never forget. We don't want that to happen again. Moses is training them to never forget. Like we need to change how we move now, because if we commit this sin again, we're going to see God's holy indignation and his holy wrath once again. And not only, we have to remember this, bro, not only did the pre previous generation get killed off, the younger generation had to sit there and watch them get killed off. Think about that. What would that do for your development? Saying, I'm suffering right now in the wilderness because my dad was disobedient and I have to go 40 years dealing with this. And when I enter the land, I'm reminded of what my father did. What would that do for your mindset? Man. It would set fair. Hopefully it would be healthy fair. But I think that I would try to do things different than my father and the other generation did. No, absolutely. It says here in verse six, so keep and do them for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all the statues and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. This is our verse right here. Why are they doing this? For who? the peoples. So God has already told us that Israel is to be a witness in nation. You're not just to do this for yourself. You're to do this so the people can look upon you and believe in Yahweh. And they're always to have an international impact on the world. And I love this in verses nine through 12. It's basically statements about God's faithfulness, where he says, give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently. This is what we've been talking about a lot lately, examining your motives, keeping your soul well, and checking your motives so they don't get out of whack. Look at what he says. You remember you brought up memory bank last time? How do you keep your soul well? What's the very next statement? You do not forget. Mm. Man, that's powerful. The way you activate faith and keep your soul is by not forgetting not only what your eyes have seen, but do not depart from your heart all the days of your life 
but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Remember the day you stood before the Lord at Horeb when the Lord said to me, assemble the people to me that I may let them hear my words so they may learn to fear me all the days of their life and that they may teach their children. This is a really good statement on training. Like you learn through the voice of the Lord, but God isn't going to speak that way again to the next generation. You're going to have to teach the next generation. And what are you to teach them? Basically, everything that follows here is God reminding them what he did. Look at some of the things. Verse 25, when you become the father of children and children's children and have remained it long in the land and act corruptedly and make an idol in the form of anything and do that which is evil in the sight of the Lord your God, so as to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will surely perish quickly from the land where you are going over the Jordan to possess it. You shall not live long on it, but you will be utterly destroyed. The Lord will scatter you among your people and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord drives you. Bro, this happens. This is the captivity. This is exile. And Moses prophesied that if you do not obey God, the same thing that happened in the wilderness is going to happen in the land. And it, it happens. And also he reminds them of the sermon he preached in Exodus. It says, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him when you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. When you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice. So what do you do in distressing times? Remember this. Don't forget verse 31. For the Lord your God is a compassionate God, and he will not fail you nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers, which he swore to them. And this is one of your favorite verses, right? In Exodus, the Lord said he's what? He's compassionate, but he will by no means do what? Forgive the guilty. Forgive the guilty. So they get both sides of it, right? For, he didn't forgive their fathers for the sin that they committed, obviously, unless they repented. And now they get to see the compassion of the Lord as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. To you, it was shown that you might know that the Lord, he is our God. There is no other besides him. And that's it, bro. This is what God wanted to teach them, that he's the only one true God and all other gods are idols, which are just demons, energizing idols. And if they go into Israel, if they go into the land of Canaan with this knowledge, they'll be successful. And so the best thing you can take from this sermon that Moses is giving them about God's faithfulness is what is not to forget God. Go with God. If you take God with you, everything will be all right. But if you try to go with anything else, you're going to fail. Yeah, I, I think that they that you said it, that they need to remember what they've been taught, what they've seen with their own eyes. Something that made me think, check this out. So Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. What did Lot's wife do? She turned around also and remembered. But she longed for the world and the things of the world and not the things of God. What is that? Motive, right? Mm. So we can 
remember the past. I tell the guys at the jail all the time, they remember the past, a lot of them. They reminisce on the past, but they do it wickedly. Man, we just have to have the right motive. Remember what God has brought us from and do it in an act of worship. Man, that's so good. Let's ride out there. Let's not forget the things which your eyes have seen and do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. And if you do that, your motives will be checked and they'll be right. And you'll learn how to fear the Lord your God all the days of your life. And you can teach that to your children and your children's children. You guys take care. Have a good day.